growing faith and expectancy for all you've got for us. Lord, I pray, enable me, I pray, to include the right things and miss out the right things, I ask. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you are visiting this morning, it is so good to have you with us. Just to warn you, this is going to be a little bit in-house, but I hope that you find it interesting and uh, encouraging and uh, there'll be something for you to take back to whatever setting uh, you have come from. You may think, why talk about vision? Why is vision important? Well, vision is about the future. It's about communicating something of what we hope to see something of what we hope to experience or something that we hope to enjoy at some point in the future. The Bible says that without vision the people perish. And if you look at the Bible you can't help but notice God is always leading his people somewhere. Right from the very beginning he's always got purposes, he's always talking to his people and telling them what he wants to do and where he wants them to go and and what he wants them to look like in the future. And so this morning my intention is to talk about and to really set the scene of what we're going to be looking like in 12 months' time and beyond. What, has, what is on the agenda for the next 12 months? But also when we're talking about the future, it's always good to remember the past as well. It's good to look back and see what we have accomplished together in the last 12 months because it gives us a faith and an expectancy for all that we can do together over the coming 12 months. Because... God has been doing some good stuff among us. God's been doing some good stuff among us. Now this time last year I stood up and we did a Vision Sunday. I don't know if we called it that or not, but we did something very similar to that. And these are the things that were on the agenda at the time. We were preparing for Matt and Helen to move to Putney. We were appointing pastoral deacons to enable um, us to better serve the church pastorally. We introduced the idea to you of a building project. And maybe, maybe we could do more with the building than we've done so far. And we were looking at increasing the number of community groups we had, because at that point we only had three. We had Bexhill Community Group that had been at the forefront pioneering, we had Downs Farm and we had Friends International. And if you're not certain what they are, they are midweek groups, or well, they generally meet midweek and they are shaped around a mission, they're shaped around an opportunity to tell people about Jesus who don't yet know about him. Well, since then, we have launched... Fresh Community Group, anyone here from Fresh? I don't want hands, I want a bit of noise. So is there anyone here who's part of Fresh? There's a few over there. So that's a families community group. Retirement Plus? Well done, that was much better. You're you're winning here. Anyone from St Leonard's Community Group? Oh, well, they they may have shaded your Retirement Plus. Chills? They may not have won on the number, but they definitely won on the, the, uh, on the noise. And Connect? Yes. San, that, that, was, that was abysmal, that was. Now, so, so we've, la- we've launched extra, extra community groups over the last 12 months. Now, for me, one of the big encouragements of these groups being launched is 
how focused they are on mission and how we are impacting so many more people that don't know anything about Jesus, they don't know anything about church. It's great to hear the stories and in a second Natalie's going to tell us um, just a few of the things that has been going on in community group life. But something I just want to bring a sober assessment because the idea of looking back is also to see the things that we haven't hit the target on yet. And one of the targets we set at the very start of the year was that we would have 75% of the church membership in community groups by the end of the year. Well, we've not quite done that. We've not hit that target, but that's not going to stop us attempting to do it. And so if you're not yet in a community group, you're not engaging in a smaller group, in a smaller setting, but you are part of this church, you should be. You need to find a place for you to plug in and really make a difference because it's there we deepen relationships, we build real community and it's an opportunity for us to grow in God. Natalie, can you come and tell us a few things that are happening in community groups?
um, and it was selling crafts to raise money for charity as well. And that kind of event is a great opportunity where just people who walk by on the street, complete strangers, can come in and just find out a little bit, uh, get to know people, build relationships. And it really complements what Bexhill Community Group does, building relationships the rest of the time, like their running club and badminton. Um, in that same weekend again, there was a lot happened that particular weekend, St Leonard's Community Group is also really active. Um, and they were up here in the Hastings Centre supporting the Sussex Christmas Show, which was an event here in the building. Um, again, raising money for charity, um, as well as just getting the opportunity to talk to the hundreds of people who came into the building, letting them know a little bit about what we do as a church and a bit about community group life here. Um, I've been along to several absolutely packed out connect socials. Um, there are so many visitors who go to those and it's just fan they're just fantastic evenings. Just food and drink and um, I think Brian might need to get a bigger house if they keep going the way they're going because it's just again fantastic. Um, again talking about relationships with Friends International, um, they've got families who are coming along to Chapel Park Community Centre and I know that the Thurstons have had um, invited an Iranian family to their house for a meal and then been invited back. And I hear that also they were um, surprised with a traditional Christmas Eve feast by a Slovakian woman in the group as well. So it sounds like the person's getting well-fed by lots of the people that they're meeting. Um, but also just I've noticed um, over the Christmas period that Friends International's Facebook wall is just full of messages from people who've actually left Hastings now, gone back to their home countries, but we're just putting messages on saying, you know, we miss you, you were so um, valuable to us when we were here. And so the impact of that has just gone around the world, really. And I think for me, community group life just feels so dynamic. Um, it reminds me of the picture that um, Ian Partridge brought to us one Sunday about the body of Christ not standing still and static, but running like an athlete, um, all parts moving together, sprinting forward, active and advancing. And I think for me, that really just community group life is really fulfilling that and I'm just really excited that we're going to be launching another community group soon, Opus 68. I'll let you find out more about the name um, nearer the time when we launch them. But that group will be starting with a food bank reaching out to um, many people in need in our community. I'll hand back to Paul. Thank you Natalie. That's just a bit of a... Just a, a bit of a flavour of some of the things going on in community group uh, life. Just a few other things from last year. New Day was excellent by... Well, I was there for a couple of days. I thought they were particularly good. But um, New Day, which is Youth Camp Away, went particularly well. And I think we've got an outstanding youth leadership team that has developed over last year. Movement Men's Camp, again, seems an awful long time ago. But again, another highlight in the diary last year uh, where 50 or 60 of us went away and really encountered God in a wonderful, wonderful way. Saviour King, our Christmas event, we had um, over 800 in this auditorium on that evening, which is absolutely brilliant. It shows how many we can squeeze in. I'm not totally certain it was safe, but it was brilliant to have so many people. And, and, and obviously things like Easter, where we had over 500 in the building, is so encouraging. And then on the other end of really the Christmas extreme, where we did the Christmas lunch up here, which again was just so good that we were able to do that. I was absolutely thrilled how we were able to serve people in that way. Baptisms in November, again, were a real highlight. Just the variety of testimonies and different people being baptised and, and just how God was moving and touching people's lives. Summer Fair, 
a little bit of a windy day where we had to bring it from the outside to the inside at the 11th hour and go and retrieve marquees that blew over back hedges and things like that. But again, just the way as a church we came together and made that possible and then Reflect Sunday just a, just a few weeks ago where we touched on a subject that is so very, very sensitive and difficult to handle but you know, particularly Sue and Sheila I thought handled it so very well and was just a real highlight. So just a few of the things um, there. As far as Sundays go, we had a prayer target at the start of last year that we would average 400 by the end of this year. Well, we took a massive step forward last year. Um, we were sort of averaging, well, two years ago, we were averaging around 350 mark. Um, we're up over 380 now. And so we're just one, one step away, really, from hitting that target of 400, which in of itself is not important, but it gives us a sense of God's blessing with us and momentum as we look to move forward into all that God is doing. And one of the most encouraging things about that is how many people we've got visiting week by week. And it's great as I look out to see so many faces that I don't really recognise. I, I don't know who you are, but it's so wonderful to have you uh, with us. And we can only serve you as well as we do because of the excellent teams we have. So whether it's the Connect team or the stewarding team, whether it's Megamix or Wrigglers, who many of them aren't in here now listening to the preach because they're out there serving so very well. Um, the coffee team, that again have, have done absolutely brilliantly. And then the setup teams under Mike Sparks, things like that. We, you know, just so grateful for, the, for so many of you that serve so brilliantly week by week. Um, the chairs we're sitting on, they came last year. And, and not many of you are actually sleeping through my preaching, which I'm really pleased about, because I wouldn't have to re- want to replace them for the green chairs again. You know, we wouldn't have to go back to those uh, bad old days. As far as giving goes, um, and I, hope, you don't, I'm ho- I hope this is helpful to you, but I want to give just an overview, really, touching different areas. As far as giving goes, in the first eight months of this financial year, um, the giving matched what was given last year, which is which is really, really good in this financial climate. And I just want to thank every one of you that is sacrificially giving at the moment. And I know some of you have given for 10, 20, 30 years into the church, and we are, we are so grateful to you for that giving. I also want to thank those of you that have started giving. This last year, I know many of you started standing orders, you started putting money in the offering, checks and things like that, and we're really grateful to you if you've done that. But if you're here today, and just to warn you, there's going to be a few of these moments in this preach. If you're here today, and you call this church your home, and you haven't yet got involved in giving financially, please do. Please play your part in that as you are in other areas. It's not about how much you give, but it's about giving generously back to God in proportion to what he has given to you. So if he has blessed you with thousands and thousands, give generously back. If he's only given you a little bit, give generously back. It's a heart response to God's goodness. If you want to have, get details about what it means or how you can give to this church, there are some giving envelopes right in the centre of those two tables there, or you can go to the information desk and let them know that you'd like to get involved and we can send you some information. But it's so important that every single one uh, plays their part in this. On top of the normal things we've been doing, do you know we've given away £4,000 to Friends of the Conquest last year? It's good, isn't it? So just different things that we've been doing, where we've been raising money, we're able to bless the community. 
And so that's really, really good. Well, I think it's good anyway. I think it's brilliant. And obviously, as far as giving goes, the season of this, that amazing season of giving back in October, where I think Laurie told me um, on yesterday that it's now up to £348,000, which still blows me away. I sort of say it nice and... Actually, I won't say it quickly, I'll say it slowly. £348,000 was pledged over that four-week period, which is amazing, isn't it? Now, we're going to have... Guys, you're doing a bit... You're a bit sleepy today. I, I, think, I think it's an amazing total. As far as leadership growth goes, I am so thankful to God for the pastoral deacons. I've mentioned them already. But I know many of you have already experienced their love, their care, their pastoral support. Um, Outstanding men and women. Absolutely outstanding men and women. As as well in leadership development, obviously we've got people like Stuart and Gemma who have taken over Megamix. I don't think they're in here now because they're they're out there. Um, Justin and Nicola who have been leading uh, Wrigglers. Are you in? Justin, so I know they're taking a little bit of a break now because Nicholas having um, the baby sing. But no, 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 you didn't hear that. You, yeah, move on. You didn't notice that because they've had the baby. <laughs> I, past, I am. A, I've got a pastoral gift, you know. You know, just a, um, youth. Uh, Matt and Catherine and the, the, the... Oh, just lots of leadership development. I won't even go any further. I'll get myself in a greater hole. Um, but also this year, some, some, another team that we've developed is, is... Or I've asked is for a group of men to come and join me and help me lead the team in the absence of a plurality of eldership. And so I've asked Santino and Kevin... I better read the names off the paper, hadn't I? Because there's not a chance I'm going to get this right. Steve and Kevin, Santino... Alid and Adrian, and then in September I asked if Dan would join us as well, Dan Harwood. Um, could you guys just quickly stand up where you are, because not, not everyone will be aware of who you are. Dan, I think, is in Megamix, so he, he's not standing. But the, these men... No, Steve, please stay standing. <laughs> these, these men have really generously... Or, or, or willing to stand with me in this season. It's sort of a bit of a temporary role, really, until we have got more elders in place. But I'm so grateful to God for them um, as we look to lead the church forward. And so please do honour them and pray for them and pray for us as we move forward for God's grace and blessing. So thank you, guys. As far as eldership de- development goes, if any of you are quite sharp and have got a good memory, you'll remember that I said my aim was at this time, this year, I'd be, we'd sort of be talking about future elders and maybe naming a few. Um, well, we're, we're not. <laughs> That's not because the guys in, you know, it's not because there aren't good guys around, because they're, they're there are lots of good guys around. I think it's because I was just a bit optimistic or unrealistic in my hopes for it. And so it's still a major priority, um, but we're taking our time and we're doing it at a good pace and we're looking to get good input from outside as we make those decisions. And so it's something that we'd hope to do but have been unable to achieve over the last 12 months. 
On top of all those things, there's loads of just personal testimonies of what God has been doing. And we'd hope to show a DVD this morning just of seven or eight personal testimonies of what God has done individually in people's lives. Because of technical problems, we're unable to do that. But just to give you a bit of a flavour... Um, there's been, there's been healing over the last 12 months. So after people have fallen down the stairs, they've now experienced complete healing and freedom from pain. Um, a young man who, 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 who received a healing and it impacted his experience of school. When he went to school, he found it really difficult, but after God healed him, his school experience completely changed and that's absolutely wonderful. A guy that broke his back uh, at the age of 19, he had an operation last year, the surgeons did an excellent, excellent job and he is just so thankful to God for the support of the church and the skill of the surgeons. And things like that, just everyday testimonies as well, which is absolutely wonderful. Young people whose lives were transformed at New Day, um, answers to prayer and freedom from guilt, um, just, just learning to be difficult, no, learning to, to be difficult in thankful situations. <laughs> learning to be thankful in difficult um, circumstances as well. And I know that's just a little small snippet of all that God has been doing in individual lives right across the church. And that's not to mention weddings. So it's nice to be able to announce another wedding, you know, for, for this year, um, on the back of... Now, pl- you know, please forgive me in advance for the people I miss out. I mean, it's a certainty I won't get everyone in. It's great. These are some of the people that got married... And I'm going to say the name so quickly together you won't realise who married who. So, <laughs> Steve and Maddie, Simon and Kathy, Chris and Sue, Scoltz and Amy, Jules and Lynn, Anthony and Katie all got married in the last 12 months, which is absolutely wonderful. Andy and Jackie renewed their marriage vows, and Jim and Jackie Bibby celebrated 50 years of marriage. And so they were just some of the personal things that went on in the last 12 months. As far as births go, little Gracie, Emily, Eli, Eve... Zebedee, Oliver and Harry. Response, and we are so grateful to God for every single one of them. Every single one. Responses to the Gospel. Um, 20-ish. We're not quite certain, but we will work it out. Baptisms. We, we baptised a dozen people last year, which is wonderful. We had 31 people join the church in the last calendar month, which is excellent. And we've also had people leaving us. It's not always for good reason, but here's some, here's some that it was for good reason. Paul and Helen Norcott went down to the south of France to support a church plant. Barbara White joined them a little bit later. Matt and Helen we sent off to Putney to take over leading the church, just a few of the people. And we know it's not all been good. I know many of you have carried uh, difficulty with sicknesses. Some of you have faced job losses. There's been bereavements as well. But God is faithful. Yeah? God's good. I'm so thankful to God for all he has done over the last 12 months. But as we look into next year, what is it that we see? And I think... I think obviously something that's big on the horizon for us is developing the Hastings Centre, is is the building work that's going to take place in the auditorium on the other side, in the tall two on the other side of that wall. Now we know it's not about a building, but about glorifying God and seeing individual lives transformed by the power of the Gospel. 
But we believe in our setting that the best way to do that is to build a large, vibrant church that is equipped to change its communities, change the communities that it's part of. Community groups are key to that, but also developing the building is key to it as well. We need a building that maximises our potential, that we can make the most of everything that God has given to us. Now, since I shared the plans with you back in June, we've had a bit of a rethink. And after an awful lot of discussion in the core team and with our architects and with the trustees, we've made a little bit of a change and we've decided that we're not going to put a first floor above the coffee shop. So in that segment of the hall, we're not going to put a first floor that spans the coffee shop. We're still going to build everything on the ground floor. So we're still going to put the coffee shop in, we're going to put the multi-purpose space in, which will be excellent for things like basketball and football and for kids and young people to just go a bit mad. We're still going to do um, move the main entrance, we're still going to put the loose in at that end of the building and we're going to move the admin across. So we're going to do all of those things, but we're not going to put the room um, above the coffee shop. And the reason, um, well, let's go back. Everything that we do will achieve, will enable us to grow to 600 people in one setting. So with the extra kids space this will provide for us, we will be able to grow from an average of 400 up to a congregation that tops about 600 and we can do that in one sitting. If we were ever mad enough to do it twice on a Sunday morning, that many churches like us do do, that means we could take 1,200. So we've got plenty of space to grow. But in knocking the um, first floor room out, it reduces the budget from one and a half million down to one million. And we think in this financial climate that that is a prudent move. And so we've decided we're not, we're not actually even going to put the infrastructure in for the first floor. We've made a decision we're just not going to build it. And if at any point, when maybe two or three meetings on a Sunday down the line, we are struggling a bit for space, we can readdress it and I'm sure we'll come up with another solution. The only thing that will happen at first floor level is we will build some additional offices so that we've got space to pray and study um, in preparation for Sundays and all the other meetings that we need to do. Now, the gift day last year was absolutely outstanding, but we're not home and dry yet. Here's some things for you to pray for. We need to arrange a loan for this building. We need additional money. We've probably got about half of it at the moment, but we still need the other half. So Kevin is working very, very hard. I think he's in conversations with four or five banks, four banks at the moment, and we're still looking to arrange the finance. Now, we had a very encouraging email yesterday from one of our banks that has offered in principle, and I'm looking at Kevin as I'm saying it, to offer us all the money that we need. Is that right? But we've still got to get the fine print sorted and all of that sort of stuff. So that is really, really positive. But that is something that we need to pray through. That's a hurdle we've still got to overcome. The other thing is, this is out, the building work is now out to tender. In other words, the builders are now pricing it. So all the budgets that we've had so far have been the quantity surveyors' professional budgets, they're not the builders' prices. So we really need to pray that the builders' prices is lower than the quantity surveyors' prices. Okay? Yep. Amen? <laughs> we need to pray for that. 
And lastly, as I mentioned to you before, on top of the 340 or 50,000 pounds, we had this really generous offer of an additional 150,000 pound gift subject to a house sale. Now, at the moment, the house hasn't sold, and so it'd be really good to pray, oh God, with this house sell, releasing this finance. Are you going to join me in praying for that too? Yeah? So there are three things we really need to pray for, and they're all hurdles we need to overcome over the coming months. So what does it mean for us um, when the construction starts? And by the way, I will open the Bible in a moment. Um, it's going to have, obviously, a big impact on Sundays for us. We're hoping that contractors will commence in there this term. So if we March or April, we are hoping that builders will be able to start in that time, assuming we can sort these other couple of things out. And we're hoping that all the building work will be finished in this calendar year, so by the end of 2012. We are planning to function Sunday by Sunday in the main auditorium, but we're going to need to function without Hall 2. So that's going to have a knock-on effect to how we work and community life and things like that. There are no plans at present for us to miss any Sunday during the construction phase, but we need to talk to the builders and confirm that. This will add stress and disruption to our Sunday morning meetings. The coffee team, and whether we serve coffee and all those things, still has to be worked out. Obviously, the knock-on effect with children's work because it will be a completely safe environment on a Sunday morning for us, but it will, it will be, there will be knock-on effects that will make it difficult. And just things like noise and dust and disruption that we are not used to Sunday by Sunday. So we also need to come with our hearts overflowing with love and patience as we gather Sunday by Sunday. And if the chairs aren't quite used to, like how you're used to having them, or if there's a little bit of dust on your seat, we'd ask you just to brush it off onto the seat next to yours and praise God that we're in such a season. Now, at the end of this year, what are we going to be seeing? Well, we're going to launch our third children's group. So you know I've been pushing really hard to recruit for Mega Mix and Wrigglers. You've not seen the half of it yet. So next year, coming up to next year, we need a third children's group. And so we're going to be praying for leaders and for workers for that. We're going to have improved youth facilities. So the multi-purpose space, the coffee bar, all those things are going to work much, much better for our youth. We're going to have... We're going to have great accessible space on the backfield have a patio, big glass sliding doors, we had to go from the coffee shop onto the backfield. It won't be great in December when it's finished, but in the summer, <laughs> it'll be really, really good. We're planning to open a coffee shop, so this building is accessible throughout the week. We don't know opening hours, we don't quite know how it's going to go, but that's, that's what's in our heart, that's what we want to see, providing an open door for the community during the week. And then towards the end of the year, we're going to go for a season of big invite events as the building is done, so people can come and have a look at the building, we're going to run up to another Saviour King event, more than one meeting probably, that's the plan, and we want to go for a big alpha launch in January or February of next year. And so we want to see, and our expectation is, oh God dear, our expectation is, and the advice we're getting is that we expect to step up a gear 
on the back of the building work being done. You see, it isn't about the building work, it's about what God's going to do on the back of it. And my expectation is that our momentum will grow through this year and the pace will pick up um, coming into 2013. Now, just two very quick things. If you've only started joining us recently and you haven't had an opportunity yet to dive in with this whole season of giving, we didn't want you to miss out. And so we've got all the information you would need to know to find out about it on those tables in the middle. If you're with us and you're not yet serving or involved using your gifts or talents, this morning's a really good morning to make a decision, I'm going to get involved. You can get involved by diving into community group life, you can get involved diving into some of the uh, uh, children's work, you need to be a member and CRB check to do that, but assuming that is the case, we can get a CRB check for you if you're not. Or you can join one of the stewarding teams, welcome teams, car park team, set up team. But we do need every hand, every person playing their part as we look to move forward. I'm running a bit out of time, but I will fly through these. As Natalie mentioned, um, we've got a food bank we're planning to launch next year, which is absolutely brilliant. Do you remember I said that we were... This year, sorry, that's right, this year we're opening the food bank. The tithe from the building, from the season of giving, the tithe from the season of giving was going to overseas mission and to help us establish a work for the poor in Hastings. Well, we're up and running. We've taken our first step into it with the food bank. Um, there's a mobilised 20s event on April the 10th to the 13th in North Wales, in Prestatton. We are taking a mini bus there. So if you are a student or if you are in your 20s, go to the information desk, sign up for it. It will be an excellent event. PJ Smythe is preaching. Brilliant communicator. The Movement Men's Camp is happening on July the 12th to the 14th at Fontwell. PJ Smythe is preaching at that. Men, do not miss it. It is one not to be missed. It will be absolutely brilliant. We are relaunching our women's ministry. Empower is starting in a couple of weeks' time. We'll tell you a bit more about it later. But that's headed up by Anna, Tracy, Louise, Natalie and Sheila. So if you've been looking on your diary and wondering what Empower is, it is our new relaunched um, women's ministry. In a few weeks' time, we'll be starting a new preaching series in 1 Timothy, and we're going to be taking the next six months to go through it. We're going verse by verse, and there is some absolute cracking material for us to look at. It talks about leadership, talks about the role of men and women, it talks about money, it talks about how we serve the poor, it talks about sex, it talks about the apostolic um, eldership. There is loads of good stuff in there. And so we'll be doing that week by week between now and probably the summer holiday. So I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in there. We've got a gentleman called, well he's actually he's not a gentleman at all, we've got a man called Richard Tupp who's coming to preach on the 12th of February. Some of you have heard him preach before, an excellent communicator. 12th of February, do not miss that. We've got another guy called Chris Kilby coming in twice this year. He's an evangelist from Southampton. He's going to be doing a bit of healing on the streets with us and he's also going to be preaching the gospel. So we can give you more details about that a little bit later. We are looking to launch some more community groups, so Opus 68, and we've got a few more in the pipeline for you. We know that community groups are not the finished article and for some of you, you may feel that the veneer has well and truly rubbed off your community group. But we do believe that what God has given us as a means 
in this season of church life. And so we're going to continue to work at them. We've got to look at things like discipleship and uh, other areas as well. But we do believe these are from God and we're going to keep working hard at them. If you're not in a community group, do dive in. Now, just as I close, and I'll be five minutes on this. Last, last year, this time last year, I spoke of one, out of 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 6 to 15. And the crux of what I said was, perhaps God will act for us. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Jonathan said to his young armour bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And Jonathan and his armour bearer, Jonathan was the only one with a sword out of the two of them. Do all you have in mind, his armour bearer said, go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come then, we will cross over towards the men and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they are hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted Jonathan and his armour bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armour bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them, has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet and his armour bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armour, and his armour bearer followed and killed behind him. In the first attack, Jonathan and his armour bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army. Those in the camp and field, those in the outposts and the raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. And we looked at these verses and we saw that Jonathan had no right to attempt this exploit. Everything was against him. It was only two of them against a whole troop of Philistines on top of the hill. They only had one sword. They were at the bottom of the hill, the Philistines were at the top. The Philistines were seasoned warriors who had won victory after victory after victory. Israel's whole history was one of defeat. They were hiding in caves. They hadn't won a battle in absolutely ages. But Jonathan got this sense that perhaps... God will act on our behalf. Perhaps God will do something amazing for us. He knew that if God didn't do something amazing, they weren't going to survive. But he had had this inkling, this sense, maybe God will act on our behalf. Something triggered in his heart. And we were stirred by this passage to to attempt exploits for God. Now they won a battle. They took an outpost. And do you know what? That's what we did last year. We started the year with a perhaps God will act before us in our hearts. We started with the perhaps. Perhaps it's time for us to take the next step with the building. 
But one of the tests to know if the perhaps is from God was how the season of giving went. We won a battle last year. We started with a perhaps. We started with a maybe. And it's not a perhaps anymore. It's not a maybe anymore. And I feel, and this is what came through in the prayer, prayer meeting this morning, um, completely unrelated to me, Pete had, had a word and he actually brought up the whole Vision Sunday from last year and that perhaps moment. It isn't a perhaps God will act on our behalf anymore. I think the season has changed for us as a church. I think we need to stop thinking perhaps God will do something and we need to change to being a people with great expectations. As it were, it's crossed out now, the perhaps. God has acted for us. When we came together and we acted as one person, we saw what we could do as an army together. And I believe God has got so much more for us in the future. We only took, we took one outpost. Just 20 Philistines we slayed. There's still raiding parties out there. There's still other outposts. There's still great armies to slay. But we won. Amen? We, we won a victory. We, we took some ground. We have a track record when we look over our shoulder. God acted on our behalf. We took ground. It wasn't God alone. It was, it was us and God co-working together and we achieved something. And I, I believe God has got so much more for us. Not just buildings probably not buildings at all actually in the future, but it's souls and communities that need to be transformed by the power of the Gospel. It's other outposts, other things where lives need transforming one life after another. Exploits that community groups will go into in the future. But I don't want you to have a perhaps question mark. I want you to have great expectation of what God is going to do. As we look into this year, We've seen different things turned around. It's not hype. I'm not just trying to persuade... Well, maybe I am trying to persuade you, but it's based on things that changed. Ground that we took. John Groves, in, uh, back in October, he, he said out of Exodus 23, he preached an excellent word that if you haven't heard, listen to it, and if you have heard, listen to it again. But he said, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. And I believe that over the coming years, step by step by step, God is with us and we will grow and expand and we will win battles. We will lose some battles as well, but we have ground to take. It is not just about us being here, it's about us being out there, making a difference in our workplaces, making a difference in our schools, transforming our communities, seeing community groups transforming communities, where they work and where they labour. God has got much more for us. And it says at the end, doesn't it? It said at the end of verse 15, it was a panic sent by God. 
On the back of that little victory, many other victories were won, but it was a panic sent by God. It's something God did. And as we start in this new year, I really want to encourage you guys to seek God for change, for transformation, for an upping of the pace, for, for, to, that we would see more response to the Gospel, that we'd have the privilege of baptising more, that we'd see people growing in God, that we'd see people transformed by the grace of God, that our youth would go from strength to strength to strength, that more and more young people will be transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. The Retirement Plus will more and more uh, meet with the elderly in our town and they will express something of the love of a Father in Heaven that maybe they, that people have never experienced before but they, they touch something of God's love. Not a perhaps will God act on our behalf but great expectation of all God will do through us and for us. Next week we start a season of prayer. I'd love for hundreds of you to join with us. This isn't something we can achieve with our own effort. It's a work of God. And the best way we can start the year is to devote ourselves to coming together to pray and asking God to turn up in power, asking God to direct us, asking God to guide us into the future, asking God with great expectation to bless us and bless our town, to bless other churches in our town, to see souls saved and lives transformed. I have great expectation for this year and I pray that your expectation will grow and grow and grow as you look to the wonder of God's goodness and the majesty of his power and his great love and think of all we can do as we follow him. We've got building projects, we've got community groups, we've got all sorts of different stuff going on. But in the end, we serve a great God. We're following him and we're trusting him. Let's stand and we pray. Lord, we say it's about you. So would your name be glorified in our town? Lord, just reminded, Lord, as we've been speaking so much about us as a church, I just pray for other churches in the town. I pray for a richness of your blessing to be upon them. I pray for gospel fruit. I pray for fresh anointing on leadership. Lord, I pray for such a unity and community to grow and develop there. Would you bless them and do them good? But Lord, as you've stirred us prophetically, Lord, we we say, Lord God, we we want to put that perhaps mentality behind us and say no longer do we want to say perhaps God will act for us. Lord, we want in our hearts to turn it more and more around to, Lord, we have great expectations of a great God. Lord, would you act on our behalf? Lord, would you give us favour with the banks? We say you own all the money anyway. Would you give us favour with the banks, we pray? Lord, would you release that house sale, I ask? I pray, would you release workers into the harvest fields? Would you release prayers into the prayer meetings? 
I pray would you, would you release men and women to give themselves into community group life, to see souls saved and wonderfully transformed. Oh God, I pray we'd see people responding to you in fresh new ways. I pray we'd know a great intimacy with you in the Spirit as we gather week by week by week. Oh Lord God, would you come and have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent, you are an outstanding church. It's such a privilege to serve you and gather with you this morning. And I am so very excited about all we're going to do together. Have a cracking afternoon. If you're a visitor, do head to the visitors there. It would be great to meet with you. Have a lovely afternoon and a great week. And uh, we'll see you at some point through the week. Thank you.